just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. I squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises. All lies and chess, still a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. Buenas noches, San Antonio. Welcome to Puto SAFC. It's Matt. And Clayton. A special Boxing Day edition. Christmas is over. Bye-bye, Santa Claus. Hello, Clayton. How you doing? Hello, Matthew. <laughs> Happy Boxing Day to you. Did you get that? The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel? I did. I and did get that. I guess Simon's alive, so maybe he could sue us. But Garfunkel, I think we're good. Oh. I don't know if they had Boxing Day in mind when they wrote that song. <laughs> So we're here. It's Boxing Day in England, not in America. UK. It's a UK thing. And I asked you, uh, I mean, don't even get me started on what's the UK. I asked you, Clayton, to research it and tell our listeners and me to to educate us. So would you mind starting us off there? So my understanding of Boxing Day, before I did any outside research, is that it's like, it's um, the day after Christmas, celebrated in the United Kingdom, and Canada, I think, and um, and it's traditionally the holidays, the day after Christmas, where people that are in like a relationship, like a worker or some kind of like business relation, you you get a gift for that person. So like um, traditionally, like your postman or oh. your or your garbage man. I was gonna or, say like Secretary's Day. Yeah. No. I mean. So in the, in modern times, it's turned into basically their Black Friday. It's turned into just a shopping holiday. But traditionally, what it is is this: like, so this is what my independent research turned up is that it like for back in the day, the eighteen hundreds and stuff, when when servants and people were expected to work on Christmas, like preparing the Christmas meal for a family and stuff like that. Yes, I've this, seen I've seen Downton Abbey. There you go. Yes, this is the day after. So the day after Christmas where those people get a break and the people that are responsible for them get them a box, you know, a, a gift. And then it... <laughs> Presumably there's something in the box. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. You know, like, you know, not like a lump of coal or, you know, <laughs> a horse day. turd or something like that. <laughs> okay. But, and then, so then it's, as it's modernized, it's turned into like, you know, like your mailman, you know, like you would leave like a nice gift for your mailman or, you know, maybe... If you brought it over to the United States, like your dog walkers, you know, or something like that, if you lived in a big city or stuff like that. But it, it's, it's a day of gratitude, of showing gratitude towards people that you have some kind of uh, business or contractual relationship or somebody that you're supposed to, you know, and... I've, I've got a couple questions. Lay it on me. Do you mind? Yeah, please. Um, Hopefully I can answer. I only did minimal research, but... Do they still open Christmas presents like the family on Christmas Day over there? Yes, Christmas Day is... Christmas Christmas Day, you have your big like roast and stuff like that. You do your Christmas crackers where you wear your, your crown and all that kind of... And I'm speaking from experience. I've been over there on Christmas a couple of times. I've attended a Boxing Day match... And okay, that leads well in my second question, Govna. Yeah. Since you're just world traveler. Yeah, I am quite the Anglophile in our group. And let me hypothesize. So I turned on the TV today, and thankfully, to escape from my family, <laughs> there was soccer on. <laughs> joke, not joke. Um, why do they play soccer? Because the mailmen and the Govnas are all uh, the working man's sport. They want to see their games. They're, they're off. They're, got, so they're, ga- soccer games are played when there's no work? Yeah, they're, so they're not so they're not working, and also traditionally, I did do a little research as to why it's a big day for them to play. Uh-huh. And traditionally, it was um, a rivalry game. You played like your local rival town, Ooh. and you played so you played close, so people didn't have to travel. Oh, and so that's why. So everybody was together with their family on Christmas, and then you'd go see a game afterwards the next day, and you generally didn't have to travel all over the place. You know, before the the days of giant TV, Barclays TV contracts and things of that nature, you know, it was kind of, that's when you played your rivalry game, you know, against the, you know, competing town. Yeah, and so why do they do it today? Um, because it's a huge moneymaker, I'm sure, and <laughs> and they know that a lot of people aren't working and uh, they're looking for something to do sitting around with their family and well, lo and behold, if you give them a f- whole day of soccer... They'll sit there and they'll watch and then they'll buy the things that you're advertising for and everybody wins. Yay! <laughs> Happy Boxing Day, everybody. 
I like it. No, I mean, yeah, I, I took part of the day off today to go watch a game. And, um, you know, and it's a tradition that, uh, that I've come to love and, I, and I, I look forward to. Well, I'm glad that the high-class barristers like yourself can take the day off a little bit. Well, this, this day. I, I didn't say it was exclusively for that. I had some <laughs> other things going on. But, but it was nice to be able to watch a game and, you know, and sit around and enjoy it. Yeah, you know, the only thing I've read through the years is that they've kept this because they find that they make fans, like in China or Africa. There's all these new fans because it's the only show in town. Right, most of the other leagues have taken off around the world. Like, I looked and there was nothing today. Italy is on a break. Well, like the second division of Italy is playing. Like exactly, you know, Germany is on their Christmas. They're on their holiday break. Most of the the leagues are on a holiday break. Yeah, most of the leagues are on a two week break. Right, and when you add it up, the Premier League teams played last weekend. They played today. They'll play next week. They actually play no, they'll in play two on, days. They'll this play weekend. on New, yeah. They'll play on this weekend, and, and then they'll play on New Year's Day as well. They're playing three games in seven days. Yeah, and four and eleven, I think. Yeah, and then and then they have FA Cup the weekend after that. So they pack it. They pack it in because I guess this is the the time they they realize that a lot of people are off work and and are able to attend matches so they can get have them better attended. Oh, probably. Christmas checks. I just got a Christmas check. If there's an SAFC game. I'd be buying scarves. Yeah. You got to buy that warm weather, that cold weather gear too. For sure. To attend the cold matches. For sure. And so it really works out for everybody. You yeah. know, you can demonstrate your fandom by, you know, with my time off when I'm not at work, what do I want to do? I want to support my team. I want to support my club. And does playing four day, four games in 11 days benefit a big club like Chelsea or Manchester United more or a little club like Leeds or Sheffield United who's in the Premier League and playing those big clubs? Oh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about things in terms of that. I'm thinking that um, in the modern game where the bigger clubs have deeper squads and a rotation of their team doesn't, there's not a huge drop-off between their number one player and their number 14 player or 15 player, then I think it's going to be an advantage to those teams. With the smaller teams, it may help in the fan base. It may help getting people out at the game, but as far as the actual competitive nature of things, I don't know if it really helps them. Well, okay, we've got a talking sleigh bell tonight. I Please. like the bobble that yeah. we're going to pass from, around. Uh, Here you go, Matthew. Baba, so it's over to me. Yeah. Um, I've heard it also argued that it could help the weaker teams because they might just look at one game and just out, we're just going to concede that one, play the, play the youth, and then two days later, play their starting lineup against a tired Chelsea or a ch- tired Man U. Yeah, you could. You, I don't know if you could ever actively say that, like you're mailing it in. I don't think you could ever admit that. I don't think right. you would definitely ever admit that to to your supporters. You know, like there's certain games where I think supporters have come to like expect teams to kind of start their their academy players or or play their their younger kids like in those those league cup games or an FA cup games or something like that. But when it comes to the league, when there's serious money on the line and like, and you know, if you're fighting for relegation and you don't trot out your best 11 every Uh, week, that's, that's some tough, that's some tough answers or some tough, you're going to have to answer some questions. Yeah. But if, if I'm playing Chelsea today and Norwich in two days and I'm the coach, it certainly would at least cross my mind I'm just gonna play some people who can do their best against Chelsea and freshen up for Norwich. And I think I would, I would, as a supporter, I think at least the informed supporters would see what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I think if I'm running a club, a big club like that, I, uh, I tell my players, uh, you make more money from this one match than a lot of these families that are watching you and supporting you make in their entire. Um, no. Like in the entire year, you get out there and you play. You're oh, playing sure. three games in seven days. Yeah. Oh no! Clayton, oh no! You think this is high school soccer? Apparently, like, uh, yeah, they're making a lot of money, but this is a demanding game, and that's not enough recovery. That's a legitimate. As a matter of fact, my my brother, friend of the pod, Chris Hayden, was. Uh, we were watching Liverpool and Leicester today. And we watched those um, wingbacks for Liverpool, Robertson, and uh, what's the other one's name? Uh, Alexander-Arnold. Yes. Watching them just 
flying up and down the field nonstop. And my brother looked at me and goes, I, just, I wouldn't be able to move after. There's no way I could play. There's no way I could play in three or four days. You know, it's making me tired just watch. Not watching. only, I don't think either any of us could have ever done that. I know you are the state cross-country champion or whatever <laughs> you claim, but those guys are in ridiculous professional shape. Okay, so what we agreed for our Boxing Day special, which is our hoity-toity soccer way of saying the Christmas episode, but here we are, Boxing Day, the 26th is that we would give each other Boxing Day gifts. Yeah, I've got, um, I've got a few. Clayton, you agreed to research Boxing Day, and then you said you'd give me my first present after that. So if you're ready and the listeners are ready, just if you're settling into your car and you don't look down, it's going to be about an hour, we think. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to go back and forth. we got about five or six each, so why don't you go ahead and start. Um, my first one to you, and I'm trying to figure out how, we were, how I was going to phrase this on the way over here. My first gift to you, or my first box, is... Um, it's Brazilian shaped and, uh, and it's postmarked North Carolina. It's got a, it's got a North Carolina postmark on it. Okay. You want to open that present? Do you think you know what that present is? Do you think you know what that, what's in that box, Matthew? I'm hoping it's a supermodel. <laughs> I'm afraid it's not. I'm, I'm, but, just, I'm wondering what Brazilian shape means and I went straight to the supermodel, but apparently it's not. No, I, I, I and I'm, I'm glad that's where your head's at because I don't know if you're going to like this box. I, don't, I think this one has more coal in it. More Brazilian coal and rubber. It's, um, do, do you, I guess you can't open it. You need me to open it for you a little bit, a little bit more? Um, I just don't understand how you're going to ship me a player that's gone. What's in it? <laughs> a, a, a thank you card? Well, I mean, that's what's <laughs> in, t- t- tell that, me what, tell us what's That's what's in the box. So, for, for what's in the box is, uh, is for people that haven't been following all that closely, Pekka, our captain, and our, um, and our, uh, s- starting anchor, has uh, decided to sign with North Carolina FC, and uh, so what's in the box? That that's what's in the box. That's, <laughs> that's what's in the box, Matthew. Just, okay. That, yeah. So essentially, we're shipping that box off to North Carolina. That's why I said it's postmarked. Oh. North Carolina. Okay. Well, he was both mid-season and end of season my player of the year for this team. Yeah. I loved what he did. He was so consistent for me. He was the first te- name on the sheet and. It's really stinks because I really liked what he did, and he just—it's like Shane Battier. He's a player that makes the team better, and I swear, if you looked at games he played versus games he didn't, you'd see a big, uh, a big difference. Of course, and that I don't think anyone sucks. can. Deni- I don't think anyone can deny that. You think that was his doing or the team's doing, Clayton? What's the box? I I don't know. That's um that's a, that was gonna kind of bring me to my next sub question or sub sub gift within that is does that. Does that change? Is it, it? Is that something where Marcina now has a specific way that he wants to play or line up, and Pekka wasn't going to fit into that, or is that is that just ludicrous? Like you're always going to be able to find a player of that quality and that kind of leadership um, potential. Like, d- so did we move him? Go. Tell me, or what, are, what are your thoughts on it? Well, it's funny that you bring him up first because at the SAFC Christmas party. Um, friend of the pod, Dave Stolarski and I caught up with Coach Alan Marcina. Okay. And I asked him a saw. I would just said hi and told him a story about my my college roommate. Did I tell you this story? Yeah, you did. Pl- yeah, played youth national team with Marcina. Canadian national team. Canadian yes. national team. Yes. I didn't know that Chung was on the national team, but Marcina's like, oh yeah, he was on the national team. It, that's how not good they were at the time. Yeah. Um, along with Steve Nash's brother. And Stolarski puts Marcina in the hot seat, like just fire on the toes at Christmas time. Says, hey, so uh, you bringing back Pekka? <laughs> and and uh, Marcina was like, well, you know, we can't really comment on any players at this time. It was a very evasive answer, very mm-hmm. political. But I could tell that it was definitely not a, at all likely. Right, I see what you're saying. And he, he didn't want to give anything away, but the next couple days we heard this rumor and the signing. and it, It's going to hurt. There's there's just no two ways about it. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of formation he wants to play, to play or we want to play a different way or we want to do something different. It doesn't matter how different you want to do things. His, his game and what he brings to our team translates to any formation, yes. right? Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? You that, could put them in anything, and I'd put him somewhere in the center midfield. Right. That, that, the leadership, the, the, the uh, respect that he kind of commu- – you, you see other players give him respect on the field. Have you, have you ever seen that before? Like, yeah. Have you ever- Here's all you need to know. The last game, we got a PK. Pekka's only scored two goals in his career for the team. 
and who stepped up to take the PK in the game with, with the playoffs on the line? Pekka. Yeah. Right. And there wasn't any kind of fighting over the ball. He just grabbed it, put it down, put it in the back of the net, went back to the center circle and said, come on, let's go. Well, so. screw you, Santa Claus. I don't like Boxing Day. All right. Um, I, that's, I, am I a turn? Yeah. Give Already it, peck it out? Yeah. Go, go ahead. Say, give, uh, give me something. To Wellington Peckerman, farewell. Uh, bon noche. And uh, you're a great player, man. I hope you. I can't wait to see you come back. If I'm glad he's going to the East, so we don't have to play. So we don't have to play against him, and I don't have to sit there and go, "Ah, oh, I missed that." We'll come back to that. Okay. Your first box. Oh, here it is, Clayton. Open it up. I've got it. Thank you, man. It's a USL All Star game. Oh, Whoa. Matthew. <laughs> you yeah. know, you said you wanted it this year. The league is rumored to be doing it. That they could be playing a Mexican league team or maybe a championship team like Chelsea, Chelsea, Swansea, and. The rumor is that the first annual USL All-Star Game this coming June will be in San Antonio, Texas. I did read that. I saw that. I, I watched or I looked and got on the USL's website and saw some of the things that they talked about at their in their winter meetings or whatever they, they're called or their off-season meetings. And I saw that and my eyes got real big and I got a big smile on my face. And I think that's awesome. Now, I think we had proposed maybe like an East versus West format mm -hmm. to really showcase all of the players of the USL, you know, and I can't think of a better opportunity for MLS scouts or maybe scouts from smaller leagues around the world or, you know, the Canadian Premier League or I, I don't know, you know, but like... The lesser national teams like Haiti? Yes, exactly, yes. To have a chance to showcase all the young talent that we've talked about over the years or, or over the season and stuff like that. But this is really cool. Like, And, and they, they didn't say, for sure this is happening. They didn't say that this is the exact format that it's going to be or anything like that. But but like really cool step in a, in a direction that is both fan interactive and showcasing, uh, has a chance to showcase the talent of the league. And the format, uh, are you okay with that? You see why they might do that? Yes, for sure. Just to, to bring... To bring interest and also like, I mean, I think you're going to get a lot more butts in seats with a, bring in a Swansea or bring in a Toluca or Pachuca or someone like that yeah. than if you just say, hey, the best the Pittsburgh Riverhounds has to offer versus the best the Colorado Switchbacks have to offer and we'll stick them in San Antonio because that's kind of the most central location between the East and the West. Yeah. It to totally makes sense to me. I totally understand. Like... Me proposing that kind of uh, me proposing that that way of doing it in Easter that's just for real soccer geeks like you and me. Yeah, that's you know what true. I'm saying. That like that's, that's for like true. the ultimate in soccer <laughs> geekdom, you know, as opposed to random guy that opens up the sports page and goes, "Hey man, I think I've seen them play before, like on NBC Sports Network." You know, mm -hmm. like yes, I'm gonna go see that. Yeah, good point. Um, my are we my gift. Second gift for me to you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Blake Smith. Ooh. Blake Smith. Let's just jump jump right into it, Matthew. He is a pretty package. <laughs> he, he is. He, he is. This Did is a pretty package with a little bow on top and some stubble. Did and Michelle uh, blush? At the she has. Nose? I haven't. I haven't shown. I haven't. I, I've kept him all to myself, but now I'm sharing. <laughs> now I'm sharing him with you. Man crush official. I mean, is this a present for me or for you? No, this is this is this is for, this is for you, Matthew. Talk, talk. What do you think about this pet? What do you think about this box? What's well, great? I think this is what we'd like we'd like to see with Jose Gallegos someday. Even Blake Smith played at Bernie Champion High School. He's a Bernie grad, and I was the coach at Champion after Blake Smith. So I don't know Blake Smith, the former coach who I do know. I thought about even calling him uh, Coach Blake, and he was legend there. I mean, it was, oh, Blake Smith did the 225 pounds 37 times. And his vertical, they said his vertical was like 42 inches. He was like better at all of the strength tests than the football players, which in Texas means something. And uh, he went and played, what did you, what you see, like Cincinnati. He played a couple of USL teams. He played at New Mexico, and which, college. Was, which is an exceptional college program, yeah. and went far in the NCAA tournament. You know, it was obviously was like the number eight overall draft pick or nine overall draft pick by the Montreal Impact. He made appearances for Montreal in the MLS and with their ML Montreal Two or whatever whatever they were called. Uh huh. Um, has played uh, played in Switzerland. 
Uh-huh. D- does that look right? Yeah. And um, played for Cincinnati, both at the USL level, and won the USL championship with them. Yes, mm-hmm. I think. And then played in MLS yeah. a little bit with them as well. A few appearances in MLS with them. And then spent... This year. Yes. And then spent last the most of last year in the uh, Canadian Premier League with some team called Pacific something or other. Ah. It, it sounds to me like this guy is... Um, and I don't know anything about him other than just the things I've read. The paper ran an article. The, new, the San Antonio Express ran a news article about... So... Um, Obviously, he's from here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he seems very enthusiastic about coming home. Like, I this is where I want to start a family. This is where I am from. I want to be part of, of my hometown's yeah. uh, push at at putting together a good soccer program. And, um, but it sounds like he's been a very good professional. Like maybe as at a young age. Wanting to see the world and using his soccer as a chance for him to see the world hmm. a little bit while playing soccer, you know. Well, I know that the soccer, the soccer scouting report is that he's a freak of an athlete, and I think he's good at soccer, but off the charts athletically. And it looks like from the things that I've read, he's a left-sided player. Yeah, defender, winger, maybe yes. left back, I think, or right back. Which you know, um, uh, we certainly didn't have impressive. Outside backs. We didn't really play a lot of outside backs. No, so that's what I'm really when I when I read the stuff that like, hey, he's he's left footed, he plays on the left wing, he's gotten assists everywhere he's gone, he scored goals everywhere he's gone, like he likes to get forward and bomb forward. Maybe that maybe that's a maybe that's a sign of what Marcino wants to do. Yeah, attacking backs. Two things I would mention that made me think of Gallegos is one that um I know when he he was in the NASL maybe Fort Lauderdale Strikers or someone. And when they came to play, I was coaching in Bernie, and I went to the game, and there are a bunch of Bernie families there. Uh, players, former players, friends. Mm-hmm. So I think this is good, like we say, like with Gallegos, his high school teammates are there, and with a guy like this, like in the future, that will bring people out to the stadium to see guys that they know. And there, know? There, there's nothing to suggest he's anything other than what SAFC has talked about in print. And in interviews, high character, um, family oriented. You know, he wants to come here and start a family. You know, they're showing his and and you're shrugging right now. Our, our listeners I mean, can't see that. And it's like, do, do we care really about? Do we care about that? Clayton, if he gets arrested tomorrow night, we're like, huh? I mean, yeah. there's nothing to show that he wouldn't be. But I shrug because I don't freaking know. I don't know if he's. It looks like they're bringing this guy in to be a leader, to huh. lead by example, and to lead within the community and maybe I'm maybe I'm putting too much like stock into into what they say about high character and family oriented and stuff like that. But if you're if you're if you're moderately good at soccer and but you do all these other things and you're a leader, oh I, I can you know what I'm saying? I can get behind that. I think he's a clear upgrade for the team on soccer soccer wise for sure. Yes. And he's a local person. His pedigree is uh-huh. his pedigree rivals any pedigree that we have on the team. Yeah, and uh also he would I forgot to mention he won a state title and was San Antonio player of the year. So this is the newspaper probably I, one of the stories had a picture of him in high school. So yeah, I saw that. Yeah. A little bit of the publicity and you know what? That's something the team needs like I've been to MLS cities like New York where there's no stories about the teams. And then you go somewhere like Kansas City and it's front page news when the when the not Wizards, Sporting KC plays. Yeah. And for San Antonio so FC to be successful, they need that coverage. They need interest and human interest stories they need, also. They need people talking about it before the actual product on the field True. comes up and, sh- and shows up. Does that True. make Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and whether that's fair or not and whether that's what that's what you that's that's what soccer is about that's not what what we're what we're talking about part of the reason we started this is because what's good for soccer in San Antonio we want soccer to succeed in San Antonio yeah. and if it takes bringing in guys like you know him and like maybe Chris Turpic comes back now you know the dripping springs guy because we've changed coaches and then you've got some exceptional players from around San Antonio and the the surrounding region and that gets butts in seats and gets people talking about it. That can't be a bad thing, can it? No. Good. Ready for your next box? Yeah, give me a box. Your box 
is a little bobblehead of Ricardo Silva. What? Ricardo Silva, owner of the Miami FC, very provocatively oh, titled, provocatively titled team, a new USL team in Miami. Ricardo tried to buy MLS for four billion dollars a couple years ago, and then tried to sue them also for them not taking his offer because he said, "I'll give you four billion if you will have promotion and relegation." So I just set the stage that there is now a USL owner out of the 36 guys and girls who is actively, incessantly, naggingly in favor of promotion and relegation. Now, we, we know this man, for our listeners that don't know this man, when the NASL was in existence, he was an owner of the Miami, what were they called in, in the NASL? The Miami team out of the NASL. Yeah. And he was part of the antagonist. Uh, I'm sorry, in the NES, yes. He was part of the that antagonistic approach towards MLS yeah. where they wanted to sue and they thought that MLS was a monopoly and was keeping them from being designated a Division II league. And and, and there was there was animosity, there was obvious blatant animosity that was that was playing itself out in the legal system. Like they were suing each other. And stuff like that. I'd, I'd say the head honcho was Cosmos, and the right-hand man was this Ricardo Silva guy. Right. He's what, a Brazilian telemarketer worth billions. Yes, right. I mean, he maybe had $4 billion to pay MLS. Right. Money is, money is no object. Where that money comes from and, and how clean that money is, but I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want any kind of libel suits or anything like that in case Mr. I'm sorry, Mr. We don't Silva. Know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. But anyway, yes. It was a very antagonistic relationship that he was part of, but now it seems like he is um, kind of trying to work within the system. Now, does that seem does that seem right to you? I don't know. I ask you because the way this came about, I don't know if you knew this, but Ottawa Fury was in the USL last year, and for some reason they didn't get sanctioned. I think that actually they told USL you can't have teams in Canada. Because Canada has the Canadian Premier League, and they didn't want to, they didn't want to have a competitive, mm-hmm. like there's some kind of anti-competition clause or something like that. And so all of a sudden, at the end of the season, they said you can't play in this league, and there's a franchise available. This guy apparently just like walked into the the meetings and said, "Hi, I'm Ricardo. I've got five, ten million. And it, and if I don't know if I'm correct, am I correct? And so he took that Ottawa franchise. He's moving it down to Miami. And are they going to be affiliated with the MLS team? Are they going to be? No. Th- so talk to me. So I don't. I don't know enough about. With is he going to try to be competing directly with them? He titled his team the Miami Football Club, <laughs> because I think I'm not reading very far between the lines here that they will actually play in Miami. David Beckham is kicking off in March with a new MLS team that will play north of Miami in West Palm Beach. Fort Lauderdale? I think Fort Lauderdale. I think I saw when I was in Miami recently, like going to the Fort Lauderdale airport. And that really they're just like it's like a big suburb of Miami, Fort Lauderdale. It is. It's a it's a twenty minute drive, thirty minute drive. It's like New Braunfels or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yes. So and, I mean, this guy is once again instigating. I don't know what to think about this box you've handed me, Matthew. I was wondering I, what you I, think. Th- there we go. I don't know whether I think this I've is I've gotten a- presents I don't like before, and I'm like, why did you think I'd like this? Well, and, and, and to go... <laughs> I don't need another soccer ball. <laughs> I, I don't Sorry, know- Nancy. It was a joke. I'm pointing at the soccer ball. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether, um, whether a competitive-type antagonistic attitude... Is is what's good, or whether somebody saying, "Hey, you're not the only game in town. Let's try to get on the same page." Or my page is right and your page is wrong, and maybe he'll end up winning at the end. I don't know because really, he's he's he he wants to be in the MLS Boys Club, right? Isn't, <laughs> isn't that what's in that what's going on here? And so he's trying to shame them maybe into some kind of promotion relegation. Do do you see that? at all and what's going on? What I see in my crystal ball is that this accelerates USL promotion and relegation between the two USL leagues. For any listeners who don't remember, there's 36 USL championship teams and then there's one beneath it confusingly called the League One and they're talking about having teams go up and down between them. So I hope that this is good because it will lead to that, but I'm not sure. Right. And and here's something that I just looked at my uh, in my box and I didn't I, I 
This looks a lot like Donald Trump. Um, oh no, the USL. Yeah, in the right. in the uh, what was the name of the league? I don't know, but the Gunslingers. Yes, league. with the Gunslingers, and he owned the New Jersey Avengers or the New Jer- New Jersey Generals. Yeah. That had Herschel Walker and Doug Flutie. The and and World he, Football League. The, no, no, it was. Oh. Anyway, yeah. he he became the vocal leader. Of those and and started bossing people around. Sued and beca- the NFL for antitrust violation and ran the green league in the ground. Wanted to compete against the NFL, like play at the exact same time, and uh, and that ended up not going very well for him and that league. And did, so, is my comparison way off? I hope it's wrong. I don't want to see this guy bankrupt the USL. I I would hope that USL has enough. Other owners, 36 teams, and they just won't go along with any shenanigans. Yeah, and like, I don't think him coming in and, and really pressing for promotion relegation is something that is, is totally foreign or is it being outspoken about wanting that is a bad thing necessarily. It's about how it's implemented, and if he doesn't get his way, then, then what happens? That that's that's the potential pitfalls and the potential where things can go south in a hurry. No bueno. Yeah, but hopefully the league setup, the league structure is more powerful than one owner. Hopefully, right? Ugh. Yeah. So maybe he just wants to distribute the TV rights to USL in Latin America. Yeah, there's an angle. Um, another box for you, Matthew. Ooh, SAFC. Versus FC Dallas. Oh. Mid-February, before the season kicks off. Is this a ticket to sit with you in the fancy seats? Oh, for sure. The prawn sandwich section? For sure. For oh. sure. Get a little, get a taste of, get a taste of the good life. A Wednesday night. No wonder you oh so instigatingly asked me the date of that game earlier. And I was like, I don't know the date of a random well, game in February. I mean, that, that, when people give gifts, they're like tickets, but it's like... They don't have an exact date. Is that really a gift at all? You know, like you have to try to figure out when you can make it and, hey, you know. I'm excited. I'm super excited because we played uh, FC Dallas in the U.S. Open Cup two years ago. Right. And I took meticulous notes on that game. And now you've got two U.S. national team capped players that played right here in SAFC Stadium. Yeah, so it's like a box in a box. It's a box in a box. You had uh, Paxton Pomichel, who was a U-20 stud. Now he's a MLS every-minute player. And then Reggie Cannon, who Newcastle supposedly was looking at. The EPL teams were looking at Reggie Cannon. Yeah. Two guys who are 19 and 20 starting for Dallas now. So I am totally going to this game, and I'm totally going to sit there and see who Dallas plays, all their kids, all their Young, because now they've got a youth coach in charge of their team. They're going to play all these up-and-coming kids. Does Moises Hernandez, is he back with them and plays against us? Uh, maybe. Ooh, uh, is, that, is that an El Rudo box? Is that a box of El Rudo? I want to see Ricardo Pepe, US U20 starting striker, who was in USL League 1 last year with the Dallas team. Yeah. There's, a, there's potential to see a lot of, of players that we can sit back and then go, hey, remember that time? We saw them play preseason against our when they're like you know coming on in a big game for the U.S. national team or yeah. or on the roster for the U.S. national team mm. and go and I, I mean Pomical has played for the U.S. He's a fully capped U.S. national. So team. Cannon. Cannon so is Cannon. So is Cannon. Yes. Got another name for you. Jesus Ferreira. His daddy o David Ferreira was a stud. Oh for yeah, Dallas. he was. He was the player of the year for Dallas one year for years. I mean, the player of the league. Well, Jesus is eighteen. He's got his U.S. citizenship. He's Colombian and American. And last year he started about 10 or 15 games for Dallas and scored about 8 or 10 goals. I, did, I remember when they called him up or they, they brought him up and started and started playing him. I saw a couple of games. And so he, I hope he plays, and I hope that other guy I mentioned. Uh, oof, that's two center forwards, Ricardo Pepe and Jesus Ferreira. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, arguably they have the best academy in the in, in the United States. Jesse Gonzalez, to name drop, he's got a US cap. He's played for the US national team. He's a twenty two year old Mexican American keeper. So yeah, sorry SAFC, I'll be there, but I'm be watching the other team on that game. And, well I mean I'm definitely interested to see how we yeah. play against a team of that quality. 
what's his name? Little uh, Little Pirano is a little bit like Pomacall in some ways. Well, and let's see how he does against a guy like Reggie Cannon, you know, and see if whether he's, you know, we've hypothesized and talked about like, you know, what, where, what's the ceiling for Pirano? Yeah. Where can he go? What can he do? Are they going to figure him out? Is he going to physically be able to stand up to a step up in class? Well, this should be a nice little test or a nice little demonstration of that. Okay, are you ready for your next box? Yeah, give me a box. It's a question for you. Okay. Um, I watch a lot of MLS. I watch a lot of USL with SAFC. You do. And I watch a fair bit of the Premier League. I don't really watch the championship. But you do. I do watch a lot of the championship. I'd like you to compare, for me, the level of the MLS and the USL championship against the English Premier League and the English championship, their second division. You know, it's fun. Um, we were actually talking about this today. So I don't know if I'm exactly answering your question. I think um, the difference between... Here, here's a good example. So when we get got to be short players... For SAFC this season, we go and we get uh, one of our um, academy coaches to suit up and they take a magic marker and write his name and his number on the back of the jersey and throw him out there for some valuable minutes. Yeah. Um, and the English Championship, you would never see anything. You never see anything like that. And I, a more apt way of putting it, I think, is like their squads are twenty deep, whereas a USL quality depth is maybe 14 15 at at best okay you know and um and so i follow middlesbrough in the english championship they've been down for a while now they were they've been premier league they've been but they've been in the in the championship for a while now and they've been having a hard difficult difficult season they've brought kids up from their academy um because they realize <coughs> that you know we're not we're not going to get relegated, but we're not gonna we're not fighting for promotion this year. And they haven't really missed a beat by bringing kids up from their from from their academy, mm -hmm. and they're they're competitive every. And so when you're bringing up players number 25, 27 from your academy, and you're you're not really missing a beat, you can't do that in the American USL Championship. Well, and that brings up a bigger point, which is Jose Gallegos accepted because he was exceptional. For an academy kid this year. Right. If SAFC calls up an academy kid or two or three for a U.S. Open Cup game, <coughs> they're coming from, my guess would be, one U18 academy team. Middlesbrough's got 200 players at the U16 level. Right. They, they 100 players at the U18, a whole U23 youth reserve team that's 40 players deep that are just... Going studs up in practice every day. Right. They have a, a U23 team. Like if you ever go on the Premier League website, they have a Premier League second division, which is which is clubs all across the UK, like that aren't necessarily in the Premier League, but compete in the Premier League and they've they've qualified for that. So like Middlesbrough, their under 23 team plays in the in the second division Premier League team. I know that's a lot of different. And then their under 18s play in the Premier League sponsored yeah. league as well. And it's and as opposed to the SAFC which plays in an MLS or a USL league, but they're the team. There's 20 guys on it. There's some that are good, there's some that are bad. But they're not poisoning each other's water at training to get the upper leg. You know, it's more of a country club environment. More of a friendly environment. They're guys that have all played local San Antonio soccer that are maybe the creme de la creme. Yes. And everybody sees a little something in them and they all come together and rather than them all competing against each other on different club teams, they just, they're just they just an all-star team of San Antonio, basically. Yeah. And, you know, if you put one of them over there, they learn to play that way. But there's just not the pressure here day-to-day -day in the youth setup. I don't think the majority of our Kid under 18 SA, SAFC kids are looking this at this is going to be my living. Yeah. These guys are like, if I don't make it, what am I going to do for a living? For sure. I think that's definitely a a, a difference in, in mentality. Okay, well your box had a like a little a box within it, which was the English Championship has an English League One. And compare me to English League One, the English third division. Is that would you see one of those teams call up an assistant coach for a game? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think – I think those guys are all professionals. They don't have any other jobs. Once you get out of the league, and when I say the league that's run by their FA, which is run by their 
their governing body of soccer in that country. Then you get guys that are like um, plumbers as part-time jobs. Well, what division is that? Fourth? That, yes. That would be, so there's, there's Premier League. Championship, League One, League Two, yeah. and then you and then you get into the non. But you're really you're really picking on them. I mean, the assistant coach they called up had played for this team as recently as two years ago. SAFC at its absolute best would would be able to stay up in League One. That's Ooh. that's my bold statement okay. that I, I'm. They wouldn't get relegated. They would be able to stay up. They would be competitive. That's pretty bold. That, um, yeah, I mean they're all professionals. Over here, they're all professionals over there, and depending on, I can't tell you where they are and the points in their careers and blah 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 blah. I, from what I've seen and what I watch, I think I think SAFC would be competitive in League One in the UK. Because here I'll make it up. Who's a who's a listener? Who do we want to name drop tonight? Um, David uh, 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 Morell. Oh, Steve li- Morell. Listener Steve Morell says, "Well, Clayton, I went to the." Swansea versus SAFC game last year, and we really stuck it to them. Swansea's in the second division, the championship. So, well, I mean, we went and saw Cardiff play SAFC. Cardiff, wrong team. Yeah, wrong we went saw team. that's the other Welsh team. We went and saw Cardiff play. They yeah. didn't. They didn't dominate us. So, but they were also in preseason and vacation, and they di- also didn't have their. They didn't bring their whole squad. They brought like half their squad. Well, I say that because that's the closest we have, and I think a lot of people who are fans of the team go to those games, and they might not watch the championship like you, because I don't watch the championship, and so they say, hey, well, I don't know. Was this a thing? Is that a... Are we just as good as them? I think there's a misnomer... There's a kind of a sour taste that's left in people, because we describe this as minor league soccer, don't we? Like, this is kind of... Like, we've, we've done it ourselves. We say minor league... We say minor leagues... But minor league carries with it a, a connotation that somehow it's it's what's it a lesser product than like it's like and so I think the comparison that I have is is League One in England that's probably what like League, league One League Two. Well, before you go knocking minor league, like I go to missions games and there's guys that two years later are crushing home runs in the World Series. They're guys that signed $30 million signing bonuses. So I think the minor league might refer to the stadium, the atmosphere, the travel, the the baseball fields, the rinky-dink. And and I think it's a good analogy to make even though it's a difficult one to make because in League One or the championship, you have kids that are learning their craft Mm -hmm. that 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 are obviously on their way up. And that's not their that's not their last stop. Like Mason and, Mount. Yeah, there you go. And then you have guys. Then you have guys that are journeymen that have gotten the huge contracts and are now older and moving on. And and like maybe they're from that town. Like and Blake, that's the, and like that's Blake Smith. Yes, and that's the club that they played for growing up. Yeah. And they want to come back and give something to that community, or that's where they want to take their coaching license courses and. You know, so so I think it's similar in that regards. You have you have a you have the whole Roy G. Biv of types of players. You know, like you've got the whole spectrum of type of of types of players. Okay, I think I've got one more box for you. Okay, I skipped a couple because meh. Do you have something like one or two left? I have one more box that I kind of strained. It's kind of that last present that's kind of buried okay. under the tree. I, I put him in the stocking here. Oh, you know what's in my stocking? Let's see. Ooh. This is a... I mean, opening boxes. Ooh, golf shirt. SAFC golf shirt, yeah, Matthew. Dude, soccer factory for all the discontinued SAFC stuff. 60%, 75% off right now. That was 20 bucks. Look at you. And this thing's normally like 65 at the stadium, so I've got another shirt to wear now. Nice boxing, nice boxing day gift to yourself. Yeah. When you're a single dad, you got to buy your own presents, dude. It's just <laughs> life. Okay. What's in my box? <laughs> oh, am I, give, is it, is it, am I giving the box to you? Yeah. All right. Last box. Not spectacular, but... Um, but uh, looks like the next MLS team is going to come from, once again, the USL. And a box that you are familiar with, either Phoenix or Las Vegas. Just talking, Garber just talked about, as they awarded the next MLS franchise to Charlotte. Which also has a USL team. Yes. The, Charlotte Independence. Right. The, 
the next question, obviously from the from the reporter in the you know that set up. So, Mr. Garber, where's the next expansion team going to come from? And rather than going, guys, can't we just enjoy this? He he specifically said we've been in continuing talks with Las Vegas and Phoenix. And as a matter of fact, you may have inside information. Phoenix just went and had a meeting with the MLS people during their off-season meetings uh, in New York City. Phoenix and Las Vegas, representatives from both teams, I read that. I did not know that, but I think Real, uh, uh, Real Salt, a Salt Lake City team, a Vegas team, and a Phoenix team, the little desert triangle, I'd like it. I mean, it's geographically, I mean, when you look at uh-huh. the map of now with, with all 32 teams or 30 or however many there are, um, there is a big gap in the American Southwest. Yeah, and you know, I always talk about going on an MLS road trip, and I've never done it, but... Maybe if I ever do, those would be two places I'd like to go. Do you think that it's ludicrous for them to already be thinking about the next, the next uh, brick in the pyramid scheme that is <laughs> MLS? No. <laughs> I mean, I think 32 sounds like a good number. Okay. <clears throat> if they keep going past that, it's bigger than any other American sports league, then I'm worried. Right. But maybe... If they go past 32, they'd have to start promoting and relegating. They'd have to split up. Like, if they were to go to 40 teams and have MLS 1 and MLS 2, I'm happy. My big hope, Clayton, is that in 2026, my Boxing Day box will be FIFA mandating that for having the World Cup, we have to promote and relegate. Ooh. And then I'm on, and then things will get spicy around. That's an outside-the-box thought. Speaking of boxing, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. That would be that would put some pressure on like a you have to get on the schedule that the rest of the world is on. Yeah. Uh, and B you have to have promotion relegation. And you think if FIFA did that, do you think MLS would crater, or do you think they'd be like, look, we you guys do you, we'll do us, you know? Yes, I don't know. Just let me dream. Okay. It's boxing. Day. I like that's thinking outside the box though. I like that. <laughs> Okay, my last box for you, it's, uh, it's actually just kind of a list with maybe a little discussion. Okay. It's more of me talking, though, not you in this box. It's called Things the USL is Better At Than the MLS. Man, I'm interested in this. Things the USL is Better At Than the MLS, the league above it. Okay. Um, and maybe you can add to my list. I, I have put no thought into this, but well, I'm interested to see where you're going to go. First one, team names. I like Phoenix Rising. That's a cool name. Okay. Uh, Colorado Switchbacks. Yeah. A lot more local flavor in the names. Yeah. And MLS, it's Real this and FC this and Union. It's really boring. Right. It's like United. If, if, if we're not going to compete on the same schedule as everybody else and if we're not going to have promotion or relegation, why do we have to do this, take the boring club names and just insert but them? Even if it's like Real San Diego, San Diego's a, a, a Spanish name, so it makes sense. But Real Salt Lake, where there's like no Latino community. I, I preferred the oh. Kansas City Wiz. I preferred the <laughs> Dallas Bird. Yes. I preferred the Tampa Bay Mutiny. Yes. Uh, I agree 100% with your the top of, of your list right there. Okay, next one. Jerseys. Oh man, I got my nephew Alex, friend of the pod, the new this SAFC jersey from Soccer Factory for seventy five percent off. Yeah, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no MLS jersey as cool as this. The MLS has an Adidas contract where they're mandated to have one of like four s- certain designs every year. It looks like some kid made it in five minutes. Las Vegas Lights jerseys. There's all these different companies making all these cool things. Yeah, they have like emojis on the underside of the Las Vegas Lights jerseys, like with happy faces and stuff like that. And like, I have two jerseys sitting in the man cave where we normally broadcast from, like an army jersey for Military City USA, you know, like San Antonio. Now, I know that's kind of for a special one. You know, I have a Save the Tatas jersey with all that cool graffiti on it. You know what? In MLS, MLS, you can't have a random third jersey. There's no throwback night in MLS. Yeah, why so stodgy, MLS? Loosen up, up, MLS. Who do you think you are? The MLS? Come on, big brother. Jeez. Okay, the next thing that the USL does better than MLS is what I'll call the Las Vegas Lights experience. Yeah, I was talking about that today. And that is like... You are not going to see an old blackjack table from Binion's 
as the, as the scorers table in the MLS. You are not going to see pink, pink graffiti cannons shot up at it. You're not going to see hype men going up and down the sidelines like the Las Ve- like the Las Vegas experience or Flavor Flav. Oh yeah, you're not going to see. Well, that's not true. They have like Will Ferrell as one of the owners. They have they the do. Price is Right guy. They got Price is Right Drew Carey. They started that, but you were right. Like. There is an element of uh, Bill Veck, you know, who was like the marketing yes. for the Cleveland record night. Yes, and like uh, orange and like had, and, and had the little person come back. Yes. Like uh, they had, had the orange big... ball night, and then they threw all the orange balls on right. the field. And we haven't seen anything disrespectful. We haven't seen anything like disrespectful to the game no. or anything like that. That's like all of a sudden it's not soccer. I wouldn't put it past them though. You know, it could happen, and then it will test the line of what's not sure. And, and then maybe we'll you'll change the list up a little and bit. If it happens, it will be in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why doesn't Las Vegas have ring girls to hold the stoppage time and substitution signs? Yeah, like that would be phenomenal. Like if San Diego, who's entering the league this year, uh, you know, has like a little monkey riding a goat, like in a sombrero, with Landon Donovan like chasing it around, you know, like. Then maybe we rethink this, but well, until that moment comes... Funny you say, the next thing on my list, Clayton, that the USL does better than the MLS, is Landon Donovan and the San Diego Loyal. You Just know, because! There, there needs to be San Diego in the professional soccer landscape, other than just like... What's their indoor team called? The San Diego Soccers or whatever that's been... Surf, maybe? Like, I, I, I don't know, but yes... I am really excited. That was one of that was maybe going to be one of my in one of my boxes to you, uh, a Landon Donovan shaped box. Well, here uh, he is. coming to the Western Conference. Uh, are you going to be? Uh, are you going to? Are you going to cheer or jeer, Landy Cakes, when he comes to town? Oh, he's going to get. I think that'll depend on my sobriety level. Okay. Entirely, I spent a lot of money going to the World Cup in Germany in two thousand six, and Landon Donovan. Forgot to show up. So there is a German-sized hole in my soccer heart for that piss-poor experience by him. Right. But And that's a personal experience. You're not judging him based on the, oh, he didn't do well at Leverkusen. No, like, he came home in, and blah, in, blah, blah, blah. In life, I respect his decisions, his sabbaticals, not wanting to play abroad. Like, I get it. He's a person. And he's allowed to be a person. But I'm allowed to say I spent like $4,000 going to a World Cup. And we got kicked out, and he sucked. And he was, he's the best player. You know, 2010, different story. So he, he totally, he almost totally redeemed himself. But man, we could have gotten out of that group in Germany and really done some things. It was a good team. I know. Oh. I'm sorry. The only thing else on my list comes from loyal supporter Nancy, friend of the pod, my sister-in-law. She says that in the USL, the supporters groups can do a lot more. A lot more freedom with signs, smoke. Chance, player interaction, uh, players coming to tailgate parties or to bar watch events. That in the USL it's more wild, wild west, and that the USL, that the MLS is all corporate, just like box seats. So she's saying that they could do a better job. No, that the USL allows them to do a lot more. Oh, I got you. And so the supporters, and so, oh, supporters so they do better. do a they do do a better job. They do it better okay, than I, MLS. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, we've um, I mean, we've. Attended quite a few tailgates here at SASC. There, there have been ones where you know we've met with uh, Bobby Perez. That's the you know like high up in Spurs Sports Entertainment. He's been at a tailgate and stuff like that. I mean, do we really want our players wandering around the tailgate before the? Maybe that was a bad example. Okay. I I may have said tailgate parties when I didn't mean it. But the player access publicly is much looser in USL. Oh sure. And they're encouraged. You saw like, you saw Pitbull ice skating. There you go. I mean that that, that is awesome. You saw a Colombian, four foot nine Colombian man. So you just did the equivalent of trying to return my box, like just open it and smell it and enjoy <laughs> it, like revel in the right. Don't the re-gift US. it right in front of me, Clayton. <laughs> the USL supporter group experience, and it came from my sister. I was re-gifting it to you, Clayton. Don't re-gift my box right in front of me. Those are my boxes, and those are all the boxes that I have for you as well. Where? How was your Boxing Day? It was. 
It's much better now. I've been really sick for a week or so, and it sucks. No, I meant like what we've been talking about. I meant like as a, oh. as, a, as a recap. Like, are you happy with our with with the boxes that we've opened and, and uncovered and talked about? Let's see. I got Pekka departed. I'm really happy about my my tickets. Those yep. are going straight in like the ticket cart somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else did you give me? A left a left sided attacking defender. Oh, Blake Smith. I'm real happy about that. Yep. And and I fully expect us to start see some more signings here. Like, do you think they make any big splash signings? Do you think there's anything that we see no. here? Thank like, you. No. Okay. This is USL. Yeah. Blake Smith was a splash of sorts. You got an all-star game. Ricardo Silva gets compare the championships of various countries, and you got a bunch of things that the USL does better. How do you feel about your boxes? I'm I'm very happy with <laughs> with my Boxing Day, and um, and it's funny. I'm gonna move into free kicks with your um, with part of what you just mentioned from one of your boxes. Well, do we need to mention our sponsor? Of course we do. In of case, course. say, we broke some of my tiles on my fireplace. Or Santa did coming down the, the chimney. Yes, because boxes are heavy sometimes. Who are you going to call to fix those tiles? Trevino, not Ann Sons, Trevino Tile, which has uh, been serving the community since... Three generations? Two generations? Three, for sure. TrevinoTile.com, beautiful website, mobile-friendly... Owner Willie Trevino uh, is a SAFC season ticket holder and Spurs supporter. So, local, what's that thing they say at the store when you eat? It's local, organic, and something. Well, Willie's local, so. Yeah, farm to table. Trevino to table. 210-535-7939. Get some tile done for this Christmas. So, for my free kick, you had brought up that your uh, nephew... um, Free kicks is his favorite part of the program, right? Listen, friend of the pod, Alex. Yeah. Shout out. And so, and that made me put a little pressure on I me. And I was struggling for a free kick until I started thinking about, and then I saw the top goals of the U.S. national team uh, of the decade. There, you know, as we end, come to the end of the year, there's all this wrapping up the year. So we're ending the decade, and. Lo and behold, if the first one, the number one that, that I saw, and I played it over and over and over again. The top goal. The top goal of the decade. I've got, I know what it is. Landon Donovan, Donovan versus Algeria in the 2010 World Cup. Do you want to get mad at me for a second? Um, I was there in the stadium, dude. It was freaking awesome. That was no, I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to begrudge you that. Why would I? Why would I be mad that you got to experience something? But I, I probably played that goal today five times, Ten over hours. and over, and I smiled the entire time. And like I almost got, I, I found myself getting up out of my chair cheering because I remember exactly where I was because that was South Africa, right? Yep. And that game was on real early in the morning here, and I had just woken up super early to get ready for work and had a bunch of people over to my house, and things were looking grim for us. In that game. We had to tie. Yes. All we had to do was tie, and we're losing, and it's the 90th minute. Yes, and then and then <laughs> here comes Donovan and scores this goal, and just this youthful exuberance, and everybody's tile. going crazy. Willie Trevino, I jumped up into of Trevino Tile sponsoring this free kick. I jumped up into his arms at my house, all 400 pounds. He hoists me into the air. I'm wearing a full suit. And I I think I was in tears. I may not I, I may just be making that up, but I, I know there was definitely there was high emotion. You went full dirty dancing from that, Landon Nodman's Yes, goal. I did. <laughs> and you know what? That was the goal of the decade. That is my free kick, and it brings me joy to share with our listeners. Do you remember all the videos they made of across America celebrating that goal? No, I don't. Ooh, if you get it on, there's a YouTube that's about Five minutes, and I wasn't here, so I didn't even know. I was just there and going crazy. Boy, it's I kind of feel like that's when American soccer fandom like came out of the closet and really like said, "Hey, it became okay to be like I like soccer. <laughs> we, we we don't have to hide inside yes. anymore. We no. don't have to." You could say like, "Did you see that goal?" And people are like, "Oh my god, that was incredible!" Yeah, that's my that's my free kick. It brought me 
all kinds of joy today watching over and over and over again. Well, Clayton, I've been sick this week, and I don't have a free kick. I said we'd go for an hour. We're at 59 minutes and 31 seconds. So I don't know if I need to have a free kick because I don't have one, and I'm just excited about all of the boxes. I think that we've uh, had a fruitful boxing day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll sign off. We'll do this again when we... Uh... You know, I don't. I don't know when the when the listeners are going to hear from us next. Oh. I didn't. I didn't know that we'd have a Boxing Day episode, but here we I, did, here we do. I see what you did there. You went back to try to transition us to who are we going to sign and stuff, and I didn't pick up on it, Clayton. That's that okay. Well maybe maybe that's what our, <laughs> when we actually do something preseason preview. There, there it is. Next Tuesday, I'm sure we'll be yeah, back yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Matthew. Have a good one, Clayton. Listeners, Puto SAFC is out.